What's up, everyone? Welcome to Adhere in Apologetics, uh, wherever you may be and however you may join, be joining us. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, today, I'm here with Ethan from Spartan Theology. Uh, Spartan Theology is some awesome stuff, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this show is brought to you by you with your support at patreon.com slash adhere in apologetics. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting. We're about 65% funded, so dollar a month helps. It goes a long way. Uh, with that out of the way, I'm here with Ethan, and we're going to be talking about how what how and why your theology matters so how's it going ethan thanks for joining me yeah pretty good i appreciate you having me on i'm excited to just kind of i know it sounds like a broad topic theology but i think we can get into some good conversations so i'm pretty excited yeah for sure man obviously there's so many aspects to theology but it's gonna be a lot of fun to kind of um you're talking about what you prepared for and it should be fun to talk about why your theology matters especially if you're into apologetics but before we get into that ethan if someone has no idea who you are. Can you talk a little bit about like who you are and what you do? Yeah, if they have no idea who I am, they're doing something wrong. But no, <laughs> I have a small YouTube channel I just started. I actually looked back. I was curious. I started on January 1st of this year. So I've been going for, you know, seven or eight months now. And uh, it's just, I just kind of, I'm feeling my way around. Not exactly sure what kind of content I want to put out there, but doing a bit of apologetics, a bit of theology, kind of, just and I like having conversations, so it's a lot of that too. I've recent just recently had a conversation with one of my atheist friends about morality, and that was pretty interesting. I felt like I understood his position better. So it's just about advancing the conversation, really. So you can find me on YouTube, uh, Twitter. I'm pretty active, and then starting to try and get a little more active on Instagram. So and all everything Spartan theology. Let's do it, man. We need more apologetics on Instagram. So. Love to see what you're doing. Uh, talk a little bit about obviously theology is such a can be such a broad frame, um, so many aspects to it. So when we're referring to theology in this conversation, what do you mean? Yeah, so by theology, I mean I guess I, I mean obviously philosophy and theology they all go hand in hand. But really, what I'm talking about is just the way you understand scripture, the way you understand who God is, all needs to be consistent with like everything plays in together and i've noticed like really what i'm talking about is just understanding like the story of redemption is kind of the way i like to call it, like the whole broad story of scripture and uh so just really under like understanding that like through either scripture or philosophy but really just who god is what he's doing in the world how we're supposed to understand scripture and things like inerrancy and you know deity of Christ and all these type things, they all go hand in hand. And I've just, I just think it's something. Yeah. I mean, so that's basically all I'm kind of getting at. It's just kind of understanding scripture and who God is and things like that. Yeah. So I'm guessing you mean by in theology, you're talking about then kind of like within the, the Christian framework, Christian theology, um, especially relating to apologetics. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a Christian obviously. So coming at it from a Christian worldview, but it could be, yeah, I guess it could be a different type of theology for like a Muslim or not. But as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it's really just understanding this broad scope and like how these things play into like how you view inerrancy in the respect, like how that plays into your apologetics and things like that. So yeah, I think yeah. we'll, I think I'll clear up as we go through the interview a little bit, but yeah, it's definitely a broad topic. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, 
welcome Jonathan DePew, Warrior Woman, Nate2D2, and Roxby, and everyone else who's joining us today. Thank you for joining us. And if you're listening, uh, pre-recorded, unfortunately, I cannot say your name because, you know, you're pre-recorded. Um, so why do you believe that theology is, is important, especially relating to apologetics? Like, well, what, some people maybe say, but hey, you know, we can get to the apologetics and say, hey, we got Christianity is true. So we don't have to worry about all that theology stuff, maybe just like the big issues such as the deity of Christ or things like that. But why does theology, why do you think it's so important for people who are interested in apologetics? Yeah, so this is like on a few points. And one, I think mainly the objections I hear, especially like not on YouTube and Twitter with more philosophically minded people, but just everyday people, it's really the theology that is a stumbling block. You know, why thing just these questions like why like the problem of evil i think is more of a theological question than really a philosophical one you know we can come up with some philosophical answer to like why evil and god aren't contradictory but does that answer go into the way you understand god and the way you understand scripture and when these things aren't consistent i think atheists pick up on that or the whoever's struggling they could pick up on that and it just doesn't and when things don't make sense, it, it just it leaves a, a hole or a, a gap, you know, where it can kind of fall apart. You know, people look at it like, OK, you say like you say like free will is the answer to the problem of evil. But yet you're a Calvinist, you know, and like how does that necessarily make sense, you know, and like things like that. So I think really understanding scripture and mainly theology, I think you come to learn theology through scripture. And so really understanding scripture can give you a, allow you to answer the questions in a much more like reasonable way and consistent way. And there's another point to, oh, I had it in my head as I was saying it. I like, the reason I said that is because I didn't want to forget and then I forgot, but yeah, go, I'll let you have a second and I'm sure I'll remember what I was about to say. No, nah, man. You're, I mean, you're all good. You can get back to it. I'll, I'll buy some time for you to recover your thought. Um, but yeah, I think Christian theology is so important. Um, I think a lot of the times we're talking about uh, the apologetics realm. We, we, I think we've, we're seeing a big boom almost in apologetics, especially on YouTube. I've seen so many channels since I started doing this about a year ago or so. Like, I think it's becoming more and more common. And what we need to complement that apologetics is good theology because you can't really have one without the other. Um, I think one of the points you bring up that's really important is the problem of evil. Because I think, especially uh, when people are asking us outside of like a debate or something like that, they're not necessarily looking for a, a philosophical answer to the problem of evil. They're, they're wondering, why would God allow this person to die in my life? And they're looking for sort of a different answer, um, so to speak. So a lot of good points you bring up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and something else, theology, like understanding as you read scripture and get a better view of scripture, it allows you to feel like both more confident and really understand the answers you give, you know, like I think something like inerrancy of scripture is something I've been wrestling with a lot lately. And when you really come to understand scripture, it gives you like, maybe you, you come to think that maybe, you know, it's less of a like dictation or like strict mm -hmm. inerrancy and you pull back on that and not for just like a, you know, just because you like want to bend to the culture or whatever, but you know, you just come to believe these things through scripture, you can feel confident in your answers. You know, you're not just giving an answer that you heard from someone else. Like this is 
you believe this because it's straight from scripture. And I think giving confident answers like that is the way to show people the truth, you know, like to show that you're wrestling with these same things. And, mm-hmm. and then the last point I wanted to bring up on this one was I've actually noticed that I've had some interactions with some atheists where we've like studied theology together. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting and it's a way like, cause even an atheist can come and, read the Bible and try and understand what it says. They don't have to necessarily believe it. And I think God can really work through things like that. And really like they start to notice small things in the text or whatever, and they really get into reading it. And before they know it, they're like really trying to read it. And theology is kind of how I came to Christ. So it has like a small or like a big part of my, my heart or whatever for Christianity. You know, I really like heard the gospel and just started diving into like who God is and the story, like just the stories in the old Testament and stuff like that. And just how these stories made it and what, how they link together and how it's one grand narrative and stuff. I think it's just like a pretty beautiful picture and coming to learn that more and more can just, I mean, it's the truth. It's beautiful. It's what we should be sharing, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think it's really a cool thing to study. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, saw a question in the live chat from Jonathan DePew. Thanks for the question. We'll kind of go through some questions at the end. Uh, encourage everyone else, if you have questions, you can add them to the live chat. But for now, man, I think you bring up some really good points that are worth thinking about. Like, one of them is the idea of inerrancy. Um, I'm curious, what's, because I think it's a, it's a very, it's one of those things that I think over time, Christians typically believe that, you know, scripture is inerrant. And now, I think, I don't think it's common, but I'm seeing a little bit more of like um, within people who call themselves Christians, a denial of the inerrancy of scripture. So can you talk a little bit about um, what, what you're kind of going through and studying inerrancy? Yeah. So it's really like when you first hear it, and I think even like you brought it up, like when you say something like the denial, uh, and I, I definitely understand what you're saying, but I think it's like just for me, it's just been like a building and building of really understanding what the text says and how do we understand it? Like, I mean, I think when I first just started my channel, it was really about like young earth creationism was I was trying to like refute and teach people, show people that like you can believe in evolution or a millions of years old earth, you know, that doesn't contradict Christianity. And so starting with that, And you see in the Old Testament that, like, I mean, to me, it seems pretty likely that the people in the Old Testament believed in a flat earth or a firmament, you know, a solid dome firmament that's over the earth. And how that, and we know that's not true. So how do we understand scripture in light of that is like where I started down this path, you know? So it can't be, and not that it can't be inerrant, because I do think it's, there's, I basically hold, right now, I think I hold to like what Mike Lacona talks about so it's like scripture is inerrant in all that it intends to teach but even that is tough because i heard and john in the chat i heard i was listening to his him and his wife laura interview yesterday and she said something too like even if scripture is inerrant we're not inerrant so our interpretation isn't necessarily inerrant you know so it's it's tough. It's like, so I think scripture is extremely important for sure. Like you look out through the church fathers and stuff, they held scripture on a super high bar. And I, I definitely yeah. don't deny that at all, but to like really getting, and I'm like, I said, I'm studying it now, so I don't really have like a firm stance, but I think there's room 
to not hold to like such a strict literal interpretation so yes and i think that's important to understand you know because i think like a lot of atheists and stuff i'll see like objections on twitter i actually saw someone today they posted a thing like they're really struggling with parts of scripture and like how it comes across as very misogynistic or something like that and like we don't have to necessarily hold to like every word is exactly what god wanted in a sense that like if it comes across misogynistic maybe that passage is or whatever we can understand like i think we need to start with christ and that's something i'm sort of learning through like john i saw you brought that up and really understanding like who Christ is and reading scripture in light of that. Like if Christ isn't misogynistic and which he's not, and this text appears to be, then there must be something either we're interpreting it wrong or there's a translation, you know, there's something more there to it. I don't think if text, if the scripture contradicts Christ, then that's where we need to look into it more for sure. Mm. Yeah, man, really good stuff here. I think, that I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here with our with our main goal, but I will give a couple of thoughts to what you're saying because there's some really interesting things that you bring up regarding inerrancy. I think it's a, it's definitely an interesting thing to study. Um, I mean, I know that I haven't studied this like super in depth, but I do have like the basic understanding through reading some like general introductions to theology where we'll talk about like the idea of inspiration, inerrancy, authority. You know, put them all in kind of like a chapter of a book and talking about them and. I do see, um, I would right now holding, hold to, I, I would pretty confidently hold to the idea that scripture is inerrant, but um, I think a lot of the times what, when someone says that scripture is inerrant, there's a misunderstanding in what they mean. Um, I refer to the idea that the, the original autographs would be inerrant, not necessarily the, the copies we have now, because that would bring all sorts of issues, um, textually speaking. Uh, but I mean, I think you look at scripture, at scriptures such as like second Timothy three sixteen, which says all scriptures, God breathed and useful for teaching and correcting and training in righteousness. Like that's a very interesting statement. And if we're going to say that statement is false, I, I don't want to argue from a slippery slope, but I think that there could be some potentially really troubling implications if we're going to deny uh, a statement like all scriptures, God breathed. So that's just some general thoughts. Um, yeah, obviously Jonathan, we don't have the original autograph. So, it brings a really, it's an interesting topic to study. Um, I'll leave the final thoughts to you on inerrancy for now, Ethan, because I don't want to get too deep into this. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but something like, so I totally agree, like where we read, like all scriptures, God breathe. But something I recently was thinking about, like, so whenever that was written, like there was no New Testament. So like, it's so you know what I mean? Like, so what is Paul talking about in First Timothy? Or if Paul even wrote it, you know, there's definitely... So it's like tough to say, you know what I mean? Like he couldn't have been referring to the gospel of John. I mean, maybe he was, but like he didn't have a new Testament set up with the canon. I mean, when he, whenever that was written. So it's like tough to understand how these things go together. That's so it's like less of a, like to say that's false and more to just like understand that in context and what that really means. And like I said, I haven't, nail down what i think but it's but yeah that's just that's where i'll leave it there and we don't like i said we, yeah we definitely don't need to get in the weeds too much yeah we could one of the things that i love about doing shows like this is there's just so many different potential shows and there's so much that could be talked about um 
So a lot of fun stuff. What's up, Nick Quine? Thanks for joining us. Uh, so one of the things you talked about is that you think theology isn't talked about enough in the realm of apologetics. So why do you think that theology isn't brought up as much as it should be in, in apologetics? One thing I know from this is like personal experience is theology could be like a, a difficult thing because like as Christians, we can all agree. I can agree with the Pentecostal and I don't necessarily hold to a certain denomination, but you know, you can see a Pentecostal and a reformed person and a whatever, all these different denominations. We can all agree on the Kalam cosmological argument. And I'm just going to use that because I think it's like one of the most popular just purely philosophical arguments, you know, we can all agree and say, sure, this is a good argument for God. But then when you, someone brings up like, why did God put the tree in the garden? Like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Like why did he put that there? There's so many responses and it's such like a tough topic to bring up sometimes because Christians disagree with other Christians so strongly that it's like, it's almost a little scary sometimes to like throw your opinion out there on theology because it's just like people hold it so close to their heart which they should you know it's like good but there's a lot of disagreements within christians so i think like it's easier to do apologetics like i know for me when i first started like i wanted to answer some objections to atheists were and it was much easier to answer the objections like why the, who who created god or something like you know what i mean like we all agree on that like that's a ridiculous statement and like it's easy enough to answer, but then when it comes down to how do we answer this question about inerrancy, I remember like when I first started my channel, I'm like, oh, I'll make a video on inerrancy. And this was before I like dove down this road and I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot more. You know what I mean? Like there's Christians disagree. It's it's difficult. So and I think that's part of the reason why it doesn't get talked about as much. And I think so yeah so i think it's just more that like it's it's there's a lot of disagreement within christians on that one more than other things so it leads to people not necessarily wanting to talk about it as much yeah man really interesting stuff you bring up i think that the we do need theology i think that a lot of the times the objections you'll hear are at first maybe like what about this argument or objection to this argument but the vast majority of the objections that, that i see at least either through my YouTube comments or through Twitter or things like that, or some sort of the problem of evil or some sort of like, is God a moral monster or things like that. So a lot of interesting stuff that you bring up that I think is so important um, regarding why our theology matters, because a lot of the questions that we are going to answer are relating to not necessarily just like general question of apologetics, like you talked about the Kalam, but more relating to theology. Yeah, yeah, totally. Especially, yeah, things like like the Old Testament, you know, that's like another thing. It all, a lot of it comes down to inerrancy, too. I think that's a big thing. But, like, how do we understand the slavery passages in the Old Testament and the conquest passages and stuff like that? Like, that's where your theology really comes in. Like, are you, you know, and, like, it, it just needs to be consistent. And I think, mm -hmm. so it's, like, both consistent and just understanding it and being able to be confident in your answers. You have to really, it, it takes an understanding of theology. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, man. Uh, so let's transition here. Uh, we got a comment from Stephen Steen. That's I agree with completely. It says Clemson is trash. <laughs> I don't agree with the second part. Clemson's better than like Alabama, um, but Penn State's a lot better. Yeah, and him and JB get at me on Twitter all the time. So, <laughs> Hey, one day you may be redeemed um, from Clemson, but 
So you talk about this idea that theology is so important uh, in answering our question. So for someone who maybe is just getting into apologetics or theology or something about that, um, for answering questions from, from skeptics and non-believers, what are some of the key aspects of theology that you think that we as Christians should be learning about? Yeah, so I really think, like, what are some, yeah, what are some key, I mean, just understanding, like, God's role in the world, how he plays in, in the world, like, or things like, even things like classical theism versus theistic personalism and things like that, like, these things all play in, and as you learn about these things, I think it, it makes understanding these other arguments much easier, so I think there's, like, so many topics for sure. And I'm trying to, like, I don't know. It's kind of, as far as, the, like, it's such a broad topic. I think if someone wants to dive in and learn, they should go, like, where they feel like they're interested in. and Because it's going to, it's a, a hard thing to learn. So if you're not interested, don't, you don't have to, like, start with a certain thing that doesn't interest you as much. It's more like, I mean, if you're interested in creation, you know, see where that leads you. You know, read books on that and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, as far as specific topics, I'm not too sure. I mean, I think there's just so much out there for sure. It's kind of just whatever interests you is where you should go. Cause you're definitely going to learn more if you're interested in learning it. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I think I'll give some of my personal thoughts on this question as well, even though I asked it to you, I think obviously understanding the idea of original sin and how does Adam sin apply to us really important. Um, ideas such as God's sovereignty and God's justice and things we see in the Old Testament is really important. And then I think such some ideas such as the the doctrine of how Jesus became man, um, the big word that goes with that is totally blanking on me right now. Hypostatic union. I don't know why. That's Hypostat like, the hypostatic yeah, union. I've like given this word like five people for some reason. Like it's in my head. It won't go away. And everybody's always like, I don't know. what. The, I always forget that word. But yeah, some reason I yeah. always have it. So I totally <laughs> forgot that and i was gonna sound really smart if i could have said that just off the top of my head um but i think that that an idea of the doctrine of the trinity is really important especially with like religion such as islam so th those are some of my things that i think is really important especially for evangelization which i think is so so important um so are there any sort of like lesser topics you think in, that you see in theology that you don't see addressed um you think by apolo in apologetics or maybe even theology um, that you wonder? Uh, yeah, I think you brought up original sin. I think that's a big one. Like getting a lot of people just think like it's a simple, like a lot of theological things I think are like, there's that simple answer everybody thinks they have. And then when you dive into it, it's a lot deeper than that. I think original sin is a big one. And like, like even creation, like a lot of people, hold to like oh evolution fits but like how does that actually play into your understanding of god you know like at first i feel like when i first like came to this i probably was a little bit inconsistent and so really like diving into stuff like that like creation like why did god create it all and and i think the problem of evil is something that like is the yeah. biggest one that people don't it's a tough topic you know and and a lot of it's tough too because like as a Christian, like we understand like God's sovereignty and like it, it, a lot of Christians don't necessarily get bothered by the problem of evil. But for me, I think I see it as it's like the atheist biggest, best objection, I think. And I can definitely see how a non-Christian would, that would, could really be a huge stumbling block 
So I think theology is really the best way to answer that question. Like, why? how can God allow these horrible things that happen in our world if he's actually in control? And, yeah, we don't need to get into, like, the actual theodicies and whatnot because I don't think there is, like, a set-in-stone answer. But I definitely think there are answers. But Yeah. yeah. I think the problem of evil is super important and more apologetics should be put towards that. Yeah, for sure, man. The problem of evil so important. I know that a lot of people my age, my friends that aren't Christians, people like that often struggle with, or they'll have questions related to the problem of evil, which will kind of have them like struggle with the idea of the existence of God. And I think that the problem of evil is so tricky because a lot of times, I think especially people who are in apologetics are, are thinking of it in terms of an intellectual sense. Um, but as I said before, with the problem of evil, it's just, it's not just the intellectual. It's this idea of someone losing someone close to them and wondering how this can happen. I know that when I wrestled with it, with it, wrestled with the problem of evil, it wasn't because I had this intellectual question. It was losing a friend and losing another person close to my life and wondering, wait, how, how can this happen? And I think that's why the problem of evil is so important. So how do you think we could address the problem of evil? I mean, obviously, you know, they've been debating this for like 2,000 years. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have a perfect <laughs> answer. But like, how do you how do you look at, look at understanding the problem of evil? Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, so um, one of the best responses, I don't know if you've heard, he's got, I, I stream with him a decent amount, my buddy Dry Apologist, Caleb. And he wrote a short book and has like his own theodicy. And uh, here's my dog barking out the window. But I'll be right back one sec. And Ethan is gone. Uh, this yeah. is why I recommend not having small dogs. Big dogs yeah. are much better. Yeah, she's all right. But <laughs> um, he wrote. A, he came up with his theodicy that I've really been exploring a lot, and I like a lot. It's really like the simplified way of explaining it is just that if the only way that there would be no evil is if God created a world that was exactly in line with Him. You know, everything was completely conformed in perfect relationship with God. And if he did that, it would force beings like people would be forced into this relationship with God. And God can't doesn't really he can't necessarily create a world like that. Can't more. It would be morally wrong for him to to force beings into this relationship. So he has to put us basically has to make the world less than perfect, which leads to evil. And I think that's like really and I, I like I probably didn't do the greatest job of explaining it, but it's really like something along those lines. Like I think the free will defense is tough. You know, I think that is good, but then it doesn't really address like natural evil. Like why is there an earthquake or disease? Why is there coronavirus? You know, it has nothing to do with free will for sure. So like, I think there's a lot of answers, but these answers need a lot of unpacking, but I think it's a somewhat of a combination of like free will and, the fact that just the God, the world is n- this world is not perfectly conformed to God's will, and so there's a few responses I've really been diving into, but those are like the two that I think I'm most in line with. Mm. Uh, Nate D2 drops a, stup- a super sticker, which I guess I can't put on screen, but thank you so much, Nate D2, for your support. Um, appreciate it a lot, man. Uh, so lost my thought because Nate2D2 just dropped this big smiley face in the chat. Um, so yeah, I was going to just add a little bit more. Um, something that I think really helps on 
answering kind of maybe a little bit more of the emotional side of the problem of evil, something that's helped me is especially the story. There's a couple of things that have helped me. Um, one is the story of Job. And this is more of this isn't these couple of things I'm going to bring up aren't theological um, answers to the problem of the evil. They're kind of things that you bring up, I think, in a regular conversation. But one is in the story of Job, you have Job, who is a pretty good dude by, you know, worldly standards. You know, we're all sinners and fall short. Um, and Job has all these things, terrible, terrible things happen. He questions God. And towards the end of the book of Job, you, you see a couple of chapters where God just kind of lays it out on Job and says, who are you to question me? I'm in charge. Um, and I think on dealing with the problem of evil, really realizing who's in charge is a really important thing. It helps us realize that like, maybe there's this, I mean, intellectually, I'm convinced that there's this all knowing being. So maybe he knows a little bit more about evil than I do. Um, and the second thing is something that's really helped me is the person of Jesus Christ. Like if anyone didn't deserve to have pain or suffering, it'd be Jesus who lived a perfect life. And what did Jesus have in his life on earth, pain and suffering. So who am I to question God for my pain? And I'm not saying questions are bad, but I'm just saying who am I in the, in the general scheme of things to question uh, God when his son, um, who was fully God and fully man, went through many things worse than what I've gone through. Yeah, there's actually a quote. I think it's R.C. Sproul. And I'm like, have gotten to a point where I like very anti, not anti like in a, a mean sense, but – I'm not a big fan of Calvinism, but R.C. Sproul has like one of my favorite quotes ever. And he says, like, why do good things ha or why do bad things happen to good people? And he says they don't or that only happened one time and he volunteered. So like speaking of Christ, you know, like the, the, he's the only person that's ever been good. And he volunteered to have bad things happen mm. to him. I thought that was like it's like one of my favorite quotes. Mm. And it kind of goes along with what you were saying. Good stuff, man. Um, so what we'll do now is we'll do one more question. We'll kind of look at some questions and thoughts in the live chat and interact with them for about until about 7.50, 7.55 Eastern time if you're joining us. Um, so the last question is for someone who's interested in studying theology, what are some like resources that you could recommend for them to look up and find? I think the best, my favorite place for like anywhere from like beginner to like either intermediate level stuff is Bible Project. I think they're... Mm -hmm. Videos are great. Their podcast is great. I've learned a ton from them. Bible Project and Michael Heiser's podcast, The Naked Bible, that's been a huge one for me. He just like, there's a lot of things I don't, I mean, not a lot of things. I don't know. He's like, his views are, take a lot of unpacking, Michael Heiser. But the way he understands like the New Testament in light of the old and taking off these filters we have of like modern day or these like, different denominational filters that we put on scripture and lenses or lenses as he calls them you know it's like taking these things away is extremely important and like uh, looking at what was the author trying to say when he wrote this down you know he wasn't like that the first timothy or whatever with the god breathe you know like if the script if there was no new testament what exactly is he talking about you know is he talking about the old testament is he talking about so and so it's just like, so I think like Naked Bible and Bible Project are like my two go-to that are pretty broad and touch like a lot of things. But there's so many good resources out there and scholars out there. Yeah, I'd love, there's, I, I know there's like, I, I'm finding new ones all the time, but those are my two like go-to that kind of touch on like basically all aspects of theology. Mm. 
All right, let's look at some questions in some live chat and some thoughts in the live chat. We'll kind of go through it all. Um, hopefully get through some of through it all. Jonathan Depew, who I believe is going to be with Hayden Clark at, at the top of the hour, be an interesting live stream, says, are we building our theology from Scripture? Or are we basing it in the, on the revelation of God and Jesus Christ and then reading Scripture and using it in light of that? Uh, what are your thoughts, Ethan? Yeah, so that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Like I said, too, I kind of heard from them, him and his wife. And it's really like, I think, uh, bef like, a lot of people and me, including mostly build our theology just from scripture. But I think this concept of really looking at the person of Christ and basing our theology and our understanding of scripture from that is something I'm trying to learn how to do better. I'm not too sure like how to actually do that in a practical sense, but something I'm trying to learn more about. And I do think is extremely important. So hmm. that's kind of my answer there. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, Another question from Jonathan DePew. He says, Ethan brought up the fact that Christians disagree quite a lot with other Christians. Uh, atheists like to use that as a reason to dismiss Christianity. How do you respond to that? Yeah, that's tough because I think it it really is. Like a lot of atheists know, you know, that like Christians are going to disagree with other Christians. So they'll kind of like push buttons and stuff when it comes to some of these theological topics like Calvinism or something. You know, it's like a big one that gets argued a lot on the internet and it's just yeah i don't know how to respond to that i wish we agreed more but we don't so i don't know yeah i really don't know that's something i'd love to work towards a better more and it's like doesn't necessarily have to be agreement but learning how to disagree better i think is the best way to go about this because we're never gonna like the bible is a complicated theology it's very complicated there's going to be different understandings but just how to disagree better i think is an extremely important thing mm, yeah man good stuff you bring up here one thing i'll add is i mean atheists disagree with atheists so we should dismiss atheism and muslims disagree with muslims so we should dismiss islam and agnostics disagree with agnostics so we should just dismiss agnosticism so um yeah all yeah, kinds of just sit in our room and don't believe anything <laughs> and people who don't believe in anything disagree with people who don't believe in anything so yeah, what is them. anything <laughs> The cycle goes on and on. Um, Roxby, what's up, Roxby? Says, I just heard a Frank Trek voice in my head saying, not all atheists agree should be Roxby <laughs> ahead, way ahead of the game. Um, Nick Quint says, uh, shout out to Nick. Um, me, Nick, I just butchered the grammar of it, but me, Nick, um, Will Craig, and Carl Olhoff will be live Friday, at this Friday, I believe it's 7 p.m. Eastern, talking about Mental health, Gen Z in the church should be a fun discussion um, and an important discussion on Friday. So be sure to tune in. But Nick says today, does the theological method matter in the construction of theology? Yeah, for sure. And as far as getting too much further into that, that's like above my pay grade, I think, as far as like these different, like uh, comparing and contrasting different theological methods or whatever. That's something. Yeah, I don't know enough about to really answer that question, but for sure it does. Like that's kind of the main thing is like you got to be consistent and that's tough and you don't have to like change your whole worldview every single time you learn something new. But you have to keep in mind that in the end, like you're going to have to keep things consistent. You can't just hold to one thing here and one thing there. And it's just like a grab bag. You know, it has to all make sense. So I hope that kind of answers this question. 
Yeah, man. The, our, the way we construct our theology is so important because if we c- close our eyes and say, I'm going to pick and choose what I want, that's obviously a bad way of doing um, constructing our theology. So, yeah, of course, my dude. And I'm sure the Nick Quint would agree with that who asked that question. Uh, Wayman says, check out my TikTok after the stream. Yeah, man. <laughs> check it here to Apologetics TikTok and Spartan Theology on TikTok. Um, yeah, I haven't done too, too much on there. I feel like the responses on there are a little can get a little old after not too long at all. The, the yeah. atheist crowd on there is not the most sophisticated, but <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do um, and figure out what I'm going to do on TikTok Cause there's all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. It's pretty fun though. Cause stuff can like blow up pretty fast. So. <laughs> uh, Hayden Clark, Toby believes says everyone's wrong. I'm right. Shoot. Yeah. Well, what are we doing here? Then, I guess. Why, wrong, so. <laughs> we need to invite Hayden to everything now because apparently yeah. we're all just a bunch of false people. Um, and Hayden's, we're all living in Hayden's world, I guess. Um, Jonathan Depew, uh, I'm guessing he's, I think he's responding to me here. said, I think that's posing a false alternative. Why can't we just say that evil is not this, like Paul would have it? So this is in the God's good created reality, but it doesn't have a positive ontology interesting question or um thought there jonathan i don't really have a response to that at the moment there's a lot i need to look into um regarding these questions if i'm assuming it's directed towards me yeah i think it kind of too the way i was saying and i actually heard an interview with his name was like ij or something he's a he's a, a philosopher i don't think he has like youtube or any much online presence but he did an interview or on dry apologist channel and uh that's why he described like the thomist understanding of evil like the deprivation like evil is just like the lack of good just like how cold is the lack of heat it doesn't have its own ontology and understanding the problem of evil in light of that you know it's just something i haven't like wrapped my head around yet but i do that's an interesting thing to bring up the supreme source of knowledge, Hayden Clark says, if it doesn't have a positive ontology, it can't slither. So Ooh, I guess the go. problem solved. Yeah. Um, Salem, what's up, Salem, says, I think skeptical theism is the best intellectual response. It can be personal. And I think pointing out that Christ suffered as well will be there through everything and will be there through everything is a good response. Yeah, I think skeptical theism is tough because it's like, like, I definitely think it's, true like we can't answer we don't have to have an answer to every single instance of evil that happens like we don't have to understand it but i think sometimes people just use skeptical i don't know i don't know skeptical theism is a tough one because i can see how an atheist would see that as like oh you're just avoiding the question essentially so Mm -hmm. yeah man it's interesting stuff that salem brings up skeptical theism something interesting that you study more but I do think that pointing out the idea of Christ suffering is such a really value. It can be a really valuable um, question thing to bring up regarding the problem of evil. Um, Nick Quint says, I think we need a more robust view of evil as a power um, in asterisks uh, that corrodes, <laughs> subjects, consumes. Uh, for sure, my dude. Yeah. For sure. Um, he also says if the incarnation is an act of war, then you have some really interesting concepts to play with. Of course, it opens up other questions that is to be expected. For sure, dude. I mean, one of the things that's so interesting about theology and apologetics is like you open one door and then there's like nine doors that come through it. So it's been something really fun to study. There's so much. 
there's so much to learn. And I guess that's really true about really everything. Yeah. And that's like kind of what I'm saying too, with being consistent. Cause you'll like go down, you know, these nine doors and you realize like, Oh wait, I'm in a different house than I was before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like it's, it can get tough for sure. For sure, dude. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Uh, thank you to everyone for joining us. We'll go here for a few more minutes. Um, uh, Salem says, uh, can't wait for the live stream of Nick convincing Carl women's preachers. He convinced me so he could probably convince Carl as well. <laughs> That's going to be happening. I think it's next Thursday. Um, should be a lot of fun. Um, I will say though, Carl's will defend any position to his death because that's just the way Carl is. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, I still take credit for the Carl Nick Quint relationship. Um, yeah. I like actually just started listening to Nick Quint, like right before our church got into like first uh, Peter three, where we're talking about like wives submit to their husbands. And it's like, our, I go to a pretty reformed church, so they're very complimentarian. And I was like, kind of got convinced this egalitarian. So it's, I don't know. I blame Nick Quint for causing issues. <laughs> uh, Jonathan DePew says, cancel, help me believe. I think at this time, the hashtag cancel, help yeah. me believe. It's not like he did a really good job in a debate with Godless Engineer a few, like a week ago. Oh, that was really good, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, Fredo Serbia, what's up, my man or my woman? Thanks for joining us. I think, um, it, I think it's like pronounced Sigifredo Sarabia or something. I've heard uh, James on Modern Day Debate say it a lot. Like he comments on there and I've noticed he comments like on your videos and and on uh capturing Christianity and like nobody knows how to say this guy's name <laughs> somebody needs to figure it out <laughs> I gotta google it um they're active they say does the inability to question God impose in our free will to do so for all eternity in hell well, I think this is kind of a loaded question but your thoughts Hayden or not? oh my gosh why am no, I saying you're good I mean he's commenting right, we, need cancel, we need to we cancel help, we really need to cancel help me believe because yeah. apparently I can't even stop thinking about him in my own live stream but what are your thoughts Ethan? yeah I'm not sure does our inability to question God impose in our free will to do so I don't really yeah I don't I don't think free will entails like we're able to do anything so like to me, that question is the same as like, is the ability, is the fact that I can't fly like infringing on my free will now? I don't really think it is. So I don't know. Yeah, this question assumes we're unable to question God, but I mean, I think that's not true biblically speaking. Like, there's people that question God all the time, and so I don't think that's really necessarily true. Um, so I don't think your question really uh, holds any ground. But thanks for the question. Um, Let's see. Um, cancel help me believe. We, we are doing that. Um, Nick says needs to put Hayden on timeout. Um, I could do that. Last time Nick Nick said something in our live chat. I think it was during a QA. and I think he said y'all. And I don't like when people say y'all because I'm from the north. <laughs> um, and I put Nick in timeout and I didn't realize you could like untimeout. I, you can't like untimeout someone. So Nick was like put in the YouTube abyss. So you know what I'll do? Maybe I'll put him on timeout because we're about to end the stream. Um, Ethan, thanks for joining me, my man. Any closing thoughts before we wrap things up? Not too much. Just, uh, no, yeah, not too much. I just really appreciate you having me on. This was fun. Really enjoyed talking about this stuff. So, yeah, I had a really good time. I hope I, I hope some people enjoyed it in the chat. I said there's a decent amount of people. So, 
appreciate everybody coming by and listening to what I had to say. Yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. I encourage everyone, if they do not follow Spartan Theology, go follow Spartan Theology on Instagram, I think TikTok, YouTube, subscribe to him on YouTube, all that stuff. Go follow Spartan Theology. And if you're new to it here in Apologetics, I encourage you to subscribe, um, like this video if you haven't already, help it reach more people. You can follow us on literally everything except for Parler because I don't like Parler. Um, but Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you use everything. We're there. And if you really enjoy the show, you can support the show at patreon.com slash it here in Apologetics for as little as a dollar a month. Ethan, it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, Let's go troll Hayden Clark now because he decided to troll us in about 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, and him and, and John asked some pretty difficult questions, so I'm going to be thinking up something. To All right. Y'all is not a real word. Um, shout out to Salem, Hayden Clark, Jonathan DePew, Nick Quint, Nate2D2 for the Super Chat, Roxby, and everyone else who joined us. Um, 